Good morning. Good morning. All right. I got to tell you, I'm nervous. I get nervous on holidays like this, on special days. I'm nervous about what God's going to do this morning. I'm excited and I'm nervous about what God's going to do. Anybody excited this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's get everybody sit, everybody seated. Let's get everybody comfortable. I know the kids are with us, so I'm going to try to keep it down to two and a half hours. So, you know, because I don't want some of you to get restless and the kids. All right, all right, all right, let's pray, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's use that famous prayer that we, that we stole from Molly on the internet and I changed. Lord. Come on, you guys ready? Lord, enlighten what's dark in me. Strengthen what's weak in me. Mend what's broken in me. Bind what's bruised in me. Heal what's sick in me. Revive whatever dreams and hopes have died in me. Restore whatever peace and love has been lost in me. Replace whatever joy has been robbed from me. Release me to find and fulfill your purposes for me. Loosen what's stuck in me. And keep me from those interruptions that will take me off course and keep me sensitive to yours. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on. Amen. Let's just, take, let's just take one moment of extra prayer this morning because as we know down in Charleston, there's a family of, of believers gathered today in the AME church and they're, they're having to deal with a lot of unanswered questions and they're having to deal with some some really tough situations. So if we could just extend our prayers to them right now. Father, we just ask you to touch those that were affected, those in the body. Your word says when, when they mourn, we mourn. When they grieve, we grieve. When they rejoice, we rejoice. And so, Father, we just ask you to bring your comfort, to surround them in your comfort, in your presence, Lord God. Let there be a move of God like never experienced before in that place right now. Touch the hearts and the families and the body of Christ down, our brothers down in Charleston, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. That's right. I paid him to do that. It's so hard to make sense of a, of a tragedy like we just experienced this past week and so I'm not going to try to explain it away with some casual, cliche, uh, Christian thing to say. I, I will say this, however, if there's any comfort at all that we can take and that they can take, is that on that prayer day, I can only imagine what it would be like to close your eyes in a surrounded by nine, ten people, to close your eyes and pray and, and seek the presence of God. And the very next time your eyes opened, you're in the presence of God, surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Wow! If there's any comfort at all, yes, there's hatred, there's bigotry, it's ugly, there's unanswered questions, and I'm not trying to make light of it at all. But if there's any comfort at all, we have that. Amen? I read an article, this, it was just this week before the tragedy had even happened yet, and I was reading an article about, it said one of our country's biggest problems is a lack of fathers. I mean, that's, that's a hard statement. One of our country's biggest problems is a lack of fathers. The FBI studied 17 kids who have shot their classmates in little towns like Paducah, Kentucky and Pearl, Mississippi. And we all remember probably Littleton, Colorado. 
All 17 shooters had only one thing in common. They'd all had a father problem. The guy being interviewed for, for the article, he's an ex-NFL player. And he's been doing prison ministry for 36 years. And he was just talking about the father issue that he sees in prison. In his 36 years of prison ministry, he says he visited a prison in Texas that holds 300 boys. It's a detentional facility for 300 boys ages 10 to 15. These kids have committed every crime you could imagine. And he asked the warden, how many of these boys get a visit from their father? And the warden answered right away without any problem. That's easy, one. And he stayed for 15 minutes because they got into an argument and he left. 300 boys, one father visited one kid and got angry with him and left after 15 minutes. America has daddy issues. Amen? Is that something we can agree on? And it's not just the sons, because this isn't just about the boys. Daughters need daddies. They need them just as much. Our girls have daddy issues, and they're just as destructive, and some even more so. It's a hard issue, man. This is a hard day. It's a hard day to preach. It's a hard issue to deal with. But I don't want you to, you know, don't worry. I'm not going to beat up on fathers today. We, we have much to celebrate. Amen? As a matter of fact, you know, because there's fathers in the building. So we have much to celebrate today. As a matter of fact, listen, if you've got somebody around you right now that you want to celebrate, can we just do that? Can we show them some love? Can we drop a kiss on their neck? Can we throw some arms on them? <clears throat> Let's celebrate them. Hugs, kisses, man. Let's, let's throw some. And listen, even those of you that, that, even those of you fathers that came just for today, just because, just because you got nagged enough and somebody nagged you and said, come on, papa, you have to come. It's daddy's day. Listen, I respect you and I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because somebody cares about you enough to want you to be here today. So welcome and we celebrate you. Most likely the reason why there aren't more fathers here is because they didn't have fathers to show them the way as well. So I want to talk to you today about the father's blessing. And I think this is going to be life changing. Because the Father's blessing is exactly that. It's life-changing. Some of us don't get too excited about this day because many of us here have never experienced the love of a father. And that's a hard statement to make. That's a hard statement to hear. We've never experienced the, the love of a father. I love the picture that we see in Matthew chapter 3. It's such a beautiful picture. It's, it's where John the Baptist is, is preparing the way for the Lord. And he's, he's saying, you know, there's one that's coming after me. And he, he's going to baptize in spirit and truth. And he's just preparing and proclaiming. And people are coming to get baptized with him. And then Jesus shows up. And, and John knew right away when he saw him, he knew that this was Jesus. And, and Jesus comes and says, you know, to be baptized by John. And John says, no, man, you should be baptizing me, not me, you. But Jesus says, no, but so that scripture will be fulfilled. That's, and so he submits to be baptized by John. And so John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. And as soon as Jesus comes out of the water, the heavens are opened. Listen. And a, a spirit, like in the form of a, like, a, like a dove, comes down and settles on Jesus. And the Father's voice is heard, and He says, This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. That's an amazing picture. That's the first time that we see separate yet one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Operating as one to bless. 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, Family, you and I were created in the image of God. And so I I believe it's in every one of us to desire that well pleased. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. It's in us to desire that. It's in us to need that. And, And when we don't get that, we're not the same. We're not empowered. We're not the way we should be. We're not encouraged the way we should be. We don't have the authority the way we should have. When we don't receive the Father's blessing, there's there's something missing. There's something valuable. It's something that can change our lives. A Father's Day blessing, a Father's blessing can make all the difference in the world for a person. And fathers, more than all, we need to release a blessing on this generation. There is like never before in history a generation of fatherless kids. And listen, it sucks. We have the kids with us today because I wanted you also to experience something. Look at all the kids in this building. And it sucks that they've been left to us, the few, because a lot of their fathers are gone. But look around, the, the weak men have slid out. They're, they're left to us. And we embrace them and we love them. And the beautiful thing about that is that we are not alone. Isn't it amazing, listen to this, of all the ways the Lord God Almighty, creator of the universe, of all the ways that He could have chosen to relate to humanity, He chooses the language of family. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but this blew my mind. He could have come and he said, and say, I am the benevolent dictator. I am the kind boss. I'm the generous leader. I'm the patient landlord. I'm the giving king and ruler. But instead, he chooses the word father. The creator of the universe says, I'm your father. Wow. He presents himself as a father because we all know what a father is and what a father does. Even if, even if we haven't had earthly fathers that, that treated us well, we all have the understanding of what a good father should be. God planted that understanding in our hearts and and we all have a need to be loved and to be cherished and to be protected and to be valued. Even like you hardcore dudes with a lot of tattoos. You're like, I don't need nothing. Yes, you do. There's a hole in your heart, man, that if daddy could have touched that, you'd be a different man today. And if you're here, we celebrate you because you're still here and you're still plugging along. But I'm telling you, the Father's blessing makes a difference. Ideally, an earthly father will meet those needs. But even if he doesn't, God says, God takes the title of father and he puts on the title of son. And he pays the ultimate price for our lack. So that whosoever should believe in Him, could, he, he gave us the Son. Whosoever should accept the sacrifice of the Son can receive the love of the Father. Wow. We can be sons and daughters of the living God. Tell somebody, I'm adopted. <laughs> I'm adopted, man. I've been adopted into the family of God. Wow. See, the issue in our society, though, is that so many people have had such bad experiences with their earthly fathers that we automatically put God in that category because God chose the the language of family and He chose to call Himself Father. We automatically put God in that father light when we've had bad experiences and so we're suspect of the Father. You can be honest today. We think because he was cold, he's going to be cold. We think because he was abusive, he's abusive. We think because he was missing and absent and left, and and we think he's going to leave too. And he's not going to be there when I need him as well. We think because he wouldn't love us, he won't love us. 
Listen, I'm here to tell you this Father's Day, the Father wants to love you. The Father wants to love you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to draw you close. The Father wants to bless you today. The Father wants to bless you today. You can read throughout the scriptures and note how crucial the Father's blessing was. God blessed Adam and Eve right in the beginning. He blessed Adam and Eve. He says, he, he, he created them and then he said, be, he spoke to, the, to Adam when he created them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. He said, fill the earth and govern it. He said, reign over the fish and the sea, the birds in the sky, the animals that scurry along the ground. See, God gave Adam the blessing and the authority and he gave him a job before he gave him a wife. Uh-oh. So singles, when a man comes to get you without a job, you tell him, that's out of order, son. <laughs> I just changed your life right now. And I just ruined some of your game. You tell him, that's out of order. The way God set this thing up, God gave man authority and he gave him a job. He gave him purpose. He gave him destiny. And then he gave him me. So you tell them, when you get that in order, you come back and you hit me up. <coughs> Gotta have a J-O-B. God blessed Adam and Eve. God blessed Abraham. Abraham's name was Abram. See, when God rocks you, he changes your name. ha. <laughs> He blessed Abraham. Listen to the blessing that was spoken over Abraham. He said, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now listen, Abram was an old man already. He hadn't started having kids yet. God says, you're going to be the father of many nations. Can I tell somebody, it's never, you're never too old to start doing what God called you to do. Somebody need to receive that. You think, well, I messed up. My kids are grown already. Well, make it up. You're never too old to do what God called you to do. It's never too late to walk in what God has for you. Amen. That blessing, that promise carries on to Abram's kids and, and on to us and on to his descendants. That blessing is ours. That promise is ours as believers who've been adopted in. Amen? Moving down, God blesses Isaac. That same blessing is carried down through the descendants right down to us. Listen, listen to this life real quick. Isaac marries Rebecca and, and Rebecca can't have kids and so Isaac prays and she gets pregnant with twins. I love that. So then one day the babies are going wild in her belly. Like they're flipping out more than usual. It's like alien stuff happening, right? And, and, and she starts tripping and she says, so God, you know, what's going on? And so she, she goes to God and so she, she, she asks God and God comes back to her and says, there's two nations in your womb. And there's two people from within you will be separated. The people will, one, one people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the younger. Side note, I love Isaac has a problem, he goes to God and God answers. I love that she has issues and she asks God and God brings revelation and wisdom. Did you know that's the normal Christian life? <laughs> that's the normal Christian life. That's how we're supposed to roll. Right? We have an, listen, we're not always going to like the answers we get from God. Sometimes God will make us wait. I know that's an ugly word. That might, I might as well have dropped a curse word right there. Wait is just as ugly for us church people, right? But sometimes God will have us wait. But the beautiful thing is that God will always answer. God will always give us wisdom. God will always show us. Amen. That's, anyway, side life. All right. So Jacob and Esau are born. Those are the twins that were in the belly. Esau is born first and Jacob comes out behind him trying to grab his heel and bring him back in. Jacob's a sneaky one. He's trying to grab him. Because in, 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 in this through this passage, we're introduced to something very powerful that's part of that culture called the blessing and the birthright. 
So in that culture, the birthright was a share of the inheritance. It belonged to the firstborn. It was a share of the inheritance. In that culture, the, 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 the first one was entitled to the birthright. It was generally a double portion of the inheritance. And it was the spiritual authority over the family. It was the headly, the priestly, right? The firstborn gets that, the birthright. There's also the blessing. The blessing was exactly what it sounds like. It was a word. It was a prayer spoken over the firstborn. And it, it was something powerful. It was a prophetic word. It was a well done. It was an acknowledgement. It was a recognition of, of faithfulness. It was, it was a, a, a prophetic word of, of leadership spoken, of priestly duties spoken over the firstborn. The father's blessing was an acknowledgement that you are my child. You are blessed through me. You have authority through me. I empower you and encourage you and entitle you to the blessing of all that I am and all that I have. It's a beautiful blessing, the Father's blessing. The Jewish people have a custom called Sabbat. And you, you guys, you might know that every, every, uh, every weekend, every Saturday, the Sabbath, they, they consider it the Sabbath. And so they prepare for the Sabbath on Friday night. They get ready. And on the Sabbath, it's their custom that they're not allowed to push buttons. They're not allowed to work things. They're not allowed to do. That's why some of you, live, you know, work in Jewish buildings and there's a Sabbath elevator. That stops at every floor because they're not allowed to push buttons. Right? And so they take that very seriously. That's part of their custom. But here's, here's, the, part, here's the part that I like. All that to me is religion, but, but still, that's their custom. But here's, here's one thing that I love about this that they practice. Every Sabbath, they give the Sabbat, the, the, the blessing. They bless their kids. Every Sabbath, that means every week. When the Sabbath comes, there's a time where they bless their kids. It's a set prayer. It's in their prayer books. And it goes like this. They speak over their children. They say, May, they put a hand on the kids, literally. They put a hand on the kids. The father's role is to do this. They put a hand on the kids and they say, May God bless you and protect you. May God's face shine towards you and show you favor. May God look favorably upon you and grant you peace. Can you imagine? Every week there's a blessing. There's a hand placed on the kids. And there's a blessing spoken over the kids. The father takes time from all the busyness of the week. And during the Sabbath rest, he blesses the kids. Family, our kids need this blessing. I believe they got that right. Our kids need this blessing. Why are they prisons full of Spanish and African American kids? How many Jewish kids you find in prisons? Could, could, could the blessing have something to do with that? Could the way that they're brought up have something to do with that? Could the fact that they're receiving a blessing, could they're being prayed over, to the fact that their fathers are just taking time to stop and have a time with them and lay a hand on them and touch them, could, could that maybe make a difference? <clears throat> while we're so busy speaking curses over our kids. Can we get into this a minute? We're saying, why are you so bad? Why are you such a liar? Why are you so misbehaved? You're good for nothing. You're just like your father. You understand that those are curses. Those are, those are containers filled with power that we drop on our kids. And then we wonder why they are liars and they are misbehaved and they are bad. We've spoken that. We've declared that over their lives. Can, can I show you a different way? Listen, when you catch your kids lying, don't say you're a liar because that's a declaration. That's a proclamation. Try, let's try this. Listen, I'm not trying to say I did this perfectly. I did not. We're all learning and growing. Amen? Amen? So I'm not judging anybody. I'm trying to help somebody. Instead of saying you're a liar, say you lied. And that's not pleasing to me. And that's not pleasing to God. And that's not who you are. Can you imagine you caught your kid lying and you said that's not who you are? 
Why are you doing that? That's not pleasing to me. That's not pleasing to God. That's not who you are. You're not a liar. Woo. When they fail, you're not a failure. You failed. And that's not what I want for you. That's not, what's, that's not who's in you. That's not who you are. You're able to do well. I want you to do well. God wants you to do well. Family, every failure and shortcoming is an opportunity to bless your kids. Isn't that how God deals with us? I've never once felt God tell me, you're a liar. You're a failure. You are good for nothing. I've always heard the encouraging words of Scripture. When I read Scripture, I always hear the encouraging word of the Father saying, that's not, I have plans for you. I have plans to prosper you. Yeah, but I'm a jerk. I keep doing stupid things, but I have plans for you. I have blessings for you. I have, I have spoken authority over you. I've called you to lead. I've called you to be the head, but I'm an idiot. I do stupid things. I do the same thing, but, but that's not who you are. Amen. Amen. Can we practice that? Amen? Now, now, kids, I know you're listening. And don't try to use this as a weapon when your parents punish you. Listen to me. You're going to say, hey, 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 pastor said, this is going to be the only part you heard in the message. I know. You're going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Pastor said you're not supposed to, you're supposed to bless me when I mess up. I heard that. You want to see the tape, mom? I, I recorded the clip. Pastor said, you're supposed to bless me when I mess up. Bendito, don't get it twisted because they can speak a blessing over you and still take away your phone. Let me, let me show you what it's going to sound like in your house. You are not a liar. You are not a failure. You will do better. You will succeed at everything you set your mind to. But it won't be with this cell phone. And it won't be with those video games for the rest of this month. And it won't be hanging out with those people that you're hanging out with. But you will do better. You will be a blessing. You just will not be connected. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, just to clear that up, I didn't want them to have something on you. Back to Jacob and Esau. <clears throat> so Esau was born first, and he was entitled the birthright and the blessing. And, and, and the problem with that is that Esau did not care about the blessing. We read about this in Genesis 25. In Genesis 25 and 27, it says, When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter. He was a man of the field. Jacob was a quiet man. He would dwell in tents. Isaac, the father, loved Esau because he ate of his game. But Rebekah loved Jacob. Somebody say dysfunction. Right? Mommy loves one, daddy loves the other, and, and that, those are the teams. When there's teams in your house, you will lose every time. So one day Esau comes home from hunting and doing what he loves and Jacob is home cooking, doing what he loves. Don't judge. They're different, they're different young men. Esau smells the sopa de sachichong that, that, that Jacob is cooking. It's, it's almost as good as Lisa's, but, but not, not close. And Esau says, oh man, give me some of that. And so Jacob sees this opportunity. This is right in, you know, in Genesis. Read it. Genesis 25. Shows you that they were Dominican. <laughs> Jacob, um, so Jacob takes that opportunity and he tells him, listen, uh, say, sell me. I'll tell you what, I'll give you the sachichon. I'll give you the whole pot. Sell me your birthright and your blessing. That's cold, right? That's sneaky. Sell me your birthright. You hungry? This smells good? Woo, smells that? If you want this, sell me your birthright and your blessing. And Esau says, what good is that to me right now? That sofa is life. Take it, I don't care. See, Esau is a picture of us sometimes. We would rather have instant gratification, the here and now, 
We'd rather have what can bless me right now, what's a blessing to me right now. I want to live life for right now. One of the most popular tattoos after only God can judge me is, is laugh now, cry later. If you have those tattoos that we're not judging you, I love you. Laugh now, cry later. That's our mindset. I want to laugh now. I want to get everything I can get now. I want to get with who I can get now. I want to hit this. I want to smash this and that. Thank you. Thank you, Miguel. You put that word. Anyway. So Jacob says, swear to me. And, and Esau said, yeah, man, I swear to you. And, and he sold him the birthright for a cup of soup. He sold him his blessing. I want you to understand, church, every single one of us today here, as children of God, as believers, we have a birthright and a blessing. Can you receive it from me right now? Look, Ephesians 1.3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. For <clears throat> He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has already freely given us in the one that he loves. Listen, in him we have redemption through the blood and forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. You understand your birthright and your blessing. God says, I've given you every spiritual gift. I've made it available to you. I've, I've lavished you with wisdom and understanding. I've granted you forgiveness through the blood. Every, every, but, but listen, some of us would rather not step into all that. Some of us would rather not be held accountable to this God. And so we serve other gods. We make up our own gods and we go with whatever's easier over what's better. Esau sold his blessing for a sancocho and he went about his life like nothing. He sold it for a cup of soup and went about his life like nothing. So later on we read in Genesis 27 when Isaac the father is old and he's blind by now. He's almost blind. He can barely see. He's so old. He called Esau and he told him, listen, my days are numbered, son. It's about that time. He says, go out and catch something like I like, you know, like the, the way you do what you do. Go out and catch me something and prepare a meal so that we can eat and I can release the blessing on you. It's time for the blessing. It's time to walk in your birthright. But remember, he sold it for a cup of soup. But he's not thinking that right now, right? And so he goes out hunting to go catch and, and prepare so that he can prepare so that he can come back and so he can get the blessing from the father, even though he know he sold it. Rebecca, the wife, hears this plan and she's sneaky. Rebecca heard this and she calls Jacob and she said, listen, listen, hurry up quick, quick. She tells him, go, get, get, your, your father's about to release the blessing on Esau, but you know we're not going to let that happen. So go, get me two goats from our field. We're going to prepare a meal real quick. You're going to bring it into him, and you're going to get the blessing instead. But Jacob says, but whoa, whoa, whoa. My brother's hairy like an like ox, and I'm smooth. He was like a papi chulo, you know, Jacob. He had an eyebrow tight game, you know, he was, right? Esau was hairy, gorilla, like hair on the shoulders. You know those guys. You're here. I know. God loves you. It's all good. So he says, what is, hey, I'm no way I can pass for him. I'm this and he's that and he, he stinks and I'm clean and, 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 you know, and, no, and then what if my father knows and then he's going to curse me? She says, listen, let the curse be on me. I'm going to take care of it. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Many of you know the story. She tells Jacob what's going down. Go get two goats. And, 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 and so then she takes the goats and she cuts the skins and she puts skins of goats on his arms. And she put a skin of, uh, you know, the fur of the goat around his neck so that when he draws clothes, she went to Esau's hamper and took dirty clothes and put them on Jacob so that he could smell like Esau. This is sneaky stuff. It's in your word. I'm not making this up. This is better than reality TV. This is in the scriptures. 
this is like a scam of all scams, right? So, so he's wearing, he's, he's looking like a, like a knucklehead with, with goat hair here and goat hair on his shoulders. And he comes in to his father and, and, and he tricks him. He tricks him. The father says, is that you? It doesn't sound like you. He said, come close so I can, he wants to smell. He knows that he's a hunter, so he's going to smell like. And so he comes close with his fake stuff. And the father says, oh, yeah, that's Esau. Yeah, that's a hombre. Right? That's a man. You smell like a man. And so he, he, does, he tricks him and, and, and he blesses him and boom, he sells the, the, he gave it away. And so now when the time comes to, to get the blessing, you know, um, um, Esau comes back. He, he, the father's hungry already. He's got his hand in his pants. He's chilling. He already gave his blessing. He's done. Esau comes with the meal he's prepared. And he says, Dad, I'm here. Let's, you know, eat and, and re- so you can bless me. And the father says, who are you? He said, I'm Esau. He said, no, but Esau was just here. He says, no, I'm Esau. And, 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 and the father kind of realizes what happens. And he says, I've already given away the blessing. I've already given the birthright. And, and you, you see, when the, when the time comes to get the blessing, we all want to be blessed, don't we? No matter how we live, no matter what we did, but when the time comes to get the blessing, we all want the blessing, right? As soon as Esau heard the words of the father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. Like that. Thank you. That was right on cue. That was awesome. Good kid. It's a good kid. Another one. So he cried. All right, we're overacting now. Come on. He cried with a bitter cry, and he said to his father, Bless me, even me also, daddy. But, but he said, But your brother came deceitfully, and he's taken away your blessing. And he said, But have you not reserved the blessing for me? And Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. And, and what then can I do for you, my son? And Esau said to the father, but have you but one blessing for me? Bless me, even me also. And Esau lifted up his voice and he wept. It's such a powerful scene. See, throughout his life, he didn't care about the blessing. He didn't care about the birthright. But, but when, it, when it came time to be blessed, he, he, he wanted it. But he had given up the right to it. And even though he cries and begs for another chance, it's too late. Church, don't let that be your story. Now we can argue about who's more sneaky, who's more shady, who was more right, who did more wrong. Yes, this family was dysfunctional. There's tons of issues here. Parents played favorites. This is reality TV at its finest. But the bottom line is this, one son wanted the blessing and one didn't care about it. And he didn't care about it until it was too late. Many of our families are just as screwed up as this one. I love this. To me, this adds validity to the Bible because if the Bible were written by man, you know, to keep people in line, we would leave stories like this out. We wouldn't tell these stories. These are bad stories. But the word gives us real deal encounters with life and with people and with families. And so today, before we leave to today, we're going to do two very powerful things right now. You're about to experience something incredible. And what's going to make the difference is whose attitude are you going to have? Are you going to have the attitude of Jacob? I'll do anything I can for a blessing. Or the attitude of Esau, I don't really care about that right now. I got life to live, I got things to do, I got stuff to, to take care of. There's certain things that I do that I know that, you know, I would have to, this, that, you know, you got your whole, whatever, whatever. Whose attitude are you going to have today? I want you to know the Father wants to bless you. And so on this Father's Day, I know that many of you have not received the Father's blessing. This is not just to the men, this is to the ladies, to the children. Many of you have not received the Father's blessing. You've told yourself, I don't need it. But God created us to need it. 
There's a hole where that blessing should be. And, and, and I, I believe that with all of my heart, God wants to fill that space today. He wants to heal. He wants to fill that emptiness today. Listen, you've been trying to fill that emptiness with all kinds of junk. You've tried to fill that emptiness with drugs. You've tried to fill that emptiness with, with, with weed, with this, with that, with relationships, with sex. With, you've tried to fill that emptiness. There's, there's an emptiness in you that only God can fill. Only the Father's blessing can fill. So what we're going to do right now, as a pastor, I'm going to stand and play the role of a father figure this morning. And I'm going to release a father's blessing. I want you to know this is for everybody here. So what I want you to do is if you desire the father's blessing, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to give a prayer of blessing. This is, please, not the time. If, if you don't care about this, please just be reverent. And don't be a distraction. Don't walk around. Don't. Just please be reverent to those that desire the blessing. Amen? So I want you to just kind of bow your, bow your heads and just listen to these words. I realize that I am not your father, but please allow me today to stand in for him. And in the place of your father who may or may not have said any of these things, please allow yourself to hear these words today. <coughs> I ask your heavenly father to richly bless you in all the places that I've failed to bless you. I ask the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of His cross and the blood to set you free from any harsh or cruel words that I have ever spoken to you, especially the ones that you keep remembering over and over. For that, I am so sorry. I ask the Lord to set you free from heart injuries that you sustained from me or from others in whose care I placed you in. I ask the Holy Spirit to set you free from heartaches, from disappointments, from dreads, from grief or rage that you cannot resolve. And I'm so sorry for any other struggles I may have caused you. May you be healed from being ignored by me or overindulged by me. If I've ever made you feel less than or not good enough, I am deeply sorry and I ask you to please forgive me. May the Lord set you free from working so hard to please me when nothing ever would. May the Lord set you free from trying to get from me what I never had to give you. I'm so sorry. May the Lord set you free from blaming me for failing you. Not because I need that, but so that you can be free to grow. And free to receive. And free to achieve. And to be creative in ways you have not yet imagined. May the Lord give you all the things I was unable or unwilling to give you. May the Lord guide you in ways I never could and grant you peace. May the Lord free you from the effects of my addictions and my anxieties and my anger. May the Lord free you from feeling that you have to always be perfect. Or that you have to be what I expected you to be. I pray that God will help you to see that the hurt and pain I caused you came from my own childhood. It limited me and I'm sorry if it has limited you. 
I pray that God will remove from you any belief that you were not wanted or loved. I pray that you have no doubt that you are the gender that you're supposed to be. I pray that the Lord will release you from any unhealthy bond that you may have with me. I want you to keep all of the good that came from me and give the garbage to God today. My beloved son, my precious daughter, I love you. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you were born. Take flight, my love. Soar into the heights of God's destiny for you. Fly free and live. I release you today. You won't fail. You will succeed. You were made by God to be here for such a time as this. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. not done. I told you we're going to do two powerful things here today. Those that are helping me with this, if you would come to the front right now and start building. Listen, because We're going to build something right here in the front. We're going to call it a blessing tunnel. Because listen, even the best of dads fall short and they've made mistakes and they've missed opportunities to acknowledge us and to encourage us and speak words of blessing over us, to break curses over us. We're going to do something a little different today. What you're seeing them put together right now is a blessing tunnel. And this team has been preparing for this since last week. And what's going to happen here is just let me tell you what's going to happen here so that you know. The second you enter this tunnel on this side over here by Drew, you're going to have words spoken over you. You're going to have words spoken over your life. You're going to have blessings released. You're going to have curses lifted. You're going to have prophetic power activated. You're going to have healings proclaimed. You're going to have miracles realized. There's going to be gifts imparted. You're going to have freedom released. This is going to be a baptism for some of you. Listen, you won't come out wet on the other side, but you'll be soaked. You're going to be drenched in promise. You're going to be drenched in destiny and encouragement. I'm going to release you right now. You're going to be able to, you can bring any garbage you want to this tunnel. Any pain, any addiction, any hurts, any damage into this tunnel. And I'm declaring you're not going to leave the other side with it. There's healing in this tunnel for some of you in Jesus' name. Some of you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit in this tunnel in Jesus' name. Some of you will be delivered. Some of you will be set free. Now understand something. This will be messy. I was worried when God gave me this picture. I was worried and Gary will ask you. I was saying, I was asking Gary, is there any way we can make this, you know, neat? Any way we can make this not so messy. And then one morning I'm standing outside my house and, and I was getting frustrated because I have all these berry trees all over the front of my house. And, and, and the berry trees have, have, have just, it, it see, it's the season they keep bearing fruit. And they're bearing so much fruit that it's falling from the trees and it's covering my entire sidewalk. And I keep sweeping the front of it because we keep stepping on those berries and bringing that juice into the house. (laughs) 
And so the mat is stained and the towels are getting stained. And no matter how many times I sweep it, I I get back there. There's more fruit on the floor. And so God put it on my heart. This is a season to bear fruit. And where there is an abundance of fruit, it's going to be messy. So I don't know about you, but I'm tired of polished, neat, clean ministry anyway. (laughs) I don't want to waste one more service without getting fruit all over the floor. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask because it's Father's Day and because you are the priests of your home, I'm going to ask the men to come first. You are not forced to do anything. You don't have to do this. If you're just visiting, uh, I don't want you to feel that you have to do anything. There is nothing you have to do. But you get to today. So the men, if you can start coming along this end. And you're going to go through the tunnel. You don't have to, don't try to run through it. Don't try to block things. Don't, just, just walk through it and be blessed. And then once all the men go through, then it's open to everybody. Grab your kids, grab your wife. We're blessing everybody. You guys can start to play those music in the back. And Gary's going to come up real quick and just give a little instruction. And then it's going to be ready, set, go. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're just going to ask to to keep moving. We don't have a lot of time to spend a lot of, we can't spend a lot of time on each person. If you need more prayer, come to me after the service. We We need to move through. And some of you, see, people respond differently. Some people fall or shake. Some of you might say, I don't feel anything. It's not about how you feel. You come with an attitude of receiving, and by the laying on of hands, the Bible says, something of the Father's heart is going to be imparted into you, and something's got to change in your life. So I want to encourage you today. Let's just come forward and get on the line.